What is going on you guys and welcome back to another video. If you're new here, my name is Brandon. In this video, we're going over how I plan to build up my TFSA. We're gonna walk through the stocks that I'm looking at on my short list. We're gonna talk about overall strategy, how I plan to do this. This is my second time going around at building a TFSA. I didn't honestly think this day would come. I thought when I first built my TFSA, that's what's gonna you know, provide for me over the years. But I feel kind of blessed in a sense to be able to do it a second time. Because if you have been following along, last year I took out a lot of money, pretty much the entire account, other than a couple holdings to pay for a down payment. Well, I've now got the cash in there again and I'm ready to start building it up. I was actually just waiting for tax season and some tax bills that are coming up, but um, that all should be kind of taken care of and I'm now in a position where I can start building. And I would just like to start this video off by saying, first and foremost, disclaimer, this is how I am wanting to build up my portfolio for me. So the stocks that I talk about today, the strategies that I talk about, that does not mean that it's gonna be suitable for you. In fact, it probably won't be suitable for you. Like this is the way that I wanna do it. And I'm just sharing with you guys what I'm doing to hopefully help you guys in the planning process. Maybe you're someone that is building up your TFSA. Just keep in mind that just because I talk about certain stocks or whatever, doesn't mean that you have to like them. In fact, you can feel free to disagree with them down below or you can agree with them. I'm curious to know what you guys think of this plan. On top of that, a great tool when you are planning out a portfolio. I don't do this anymore, but especially when I was getting started more or less as a beginner, let's call it, it can be very, very, very valuable to plan this stuff out on a spreadsheet, like literally plan out how much money you're gonna allocate to each area, punch in your numbers, know how many shares you need to buy and get all that allocation stuff set up. Honestly, at this point, I feel comfortable, very comfortable. I'm at a point where I can kind of just I don't want to say wing it, but a lot more go with my gut and I can kind of eyeball how much should go into each position. That just comes, I think, with experience and time. But just keep in mind that if you are doing this for the first time, using a spreadsheet can be very, very, very valuable. And what I mean by that, just for example, is one of the mistakes I commonly made when or I made once, and it's a commonly made mistake, especially if you are younger and building up your accounts, when I first started building up my TFSA and I had smaller amounts of money, so I was younger, you know, maybe putting in a couple hundred bucks, 300, 500 bucks every month. By nature, my position sizes were pretty thinly spread. And I built a portfolio of a bunch of different stocks. But over time, as you know, I was able to contribute more and as I was able to put more money into my portfolio, some of those position sizes were just so small in relation to my entire portfolio. It just doesn't make sense. Like it's just a weird situation to be in. And again, some people may find themselves in that case, some won't, but that was something that I learned, you know, a number of years back to where I stand today. I've kind of, I've got these target allocations in terms of how much I want to invest in each stock. And just as some rough numbers, I'm planning to hold for now, let's say about 10 to 14 or 15 stocks. That would be my ideal situation right there. If I want to do the math on that, I'd say ballpark each position size should be probably as a baseline, let's call it maybe five grand, six grand, four grand in that territory. Some of the stocks that I'm liking more can go as high as 10 grand and be a heavier weighting. Some of the maybe smaller positions can be as small as three and a half thousand or 4,000. But again, this is important in the planning process as you are kind of building up your positions as we'll see actually in just a second. But um, first things first, what is my overall objective of this portfolio. Like if I were to say, what is the design of this portfolio going to be? I would very much consider my TFSA as a hybrid portfolio. It's going to be a hybrid strategy. I don't want to be a sole dividend investor in my portfolio. Like I don't want to buy only dividend stocks. I don't want to buy only growth stocks. I don't want to buy, you know, all mid caps or all small caps or all large caps. It's going to be a mix of both personally for me. And again, this is just what I do, but in my RRSP, 
that does tend to have a lot more of my dividend stocks. So very much long-term kind of cycle those back into the account. And don't get me wrong, I have a number of growth stocks in there as well. But this account, I would just say, is going to have a mix of everything. Canadian, US, some international. We're going to talk about withholding tax with a number of the stocks today. But uh, nevertheless, it's going to be a hybrid account. And just in terms of a timeline to finish this off before we get into the stock picks, I'm planning to build this portfolio up likely over the next 6 to 12, 14, 18 months. So quite a big time frame there. There's no need for me to build this portfolio today or tomorrow or this week. Like when I'm building up a portfolio, I totally understand that it will take time. As they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. And if we're trying to build a good portfolio, we have to understand that maybe there are going to be opportunities six months down the line or eight months down the line that aren't present today. And by basically rushing out to go build my portfolio, like invest all the money I have in stocks right now, I think that's probably a mistake. That said, the markets have been coming down and maybe that would speed ramp how fast I implement this cash. But again, I'll just take it with time, but just keep in mind, this is gonna be like a year long process in terms of finding the stocks that I wanna buy. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the gist of it, guys. If you enjoyed, by the way, I forgot to say, please give this video a big thumbs up. Big announcement coming on April 1st. Uh, not April Fool's joke for those that have been asking. And for some of you saying it's my baby, I already had my baby six weeks ago, man. So if you're not following me on Instagram, you, you would know that. But um, yeah, it's not the baby. It's something else. But um, in terms of the stocks, how I'm going to plan this out is I'm going to start with what I'm going to call my core positions or my core stocks. And in any portfolio that I'm building, I like to have kind of like a few stocks as kind of like the engine, like stocks that I just I'm so comfortable with stocks that I don't really have to worry about, stocks that I know are just gonna be good growth drivers over the years. And the three that I want to hold personally in my TFSA, whether it ends up happening or not, are the company's Brookfield Asset Management, which is obviously a Canadian stock. I wanna hold Berkshire Hathaway, the class B shares, obviously, but uh, ticker BRK.B, which is obviously Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger's investment company. And then my third core company as of right now that I actually have already added is the company TD. So I actually have three holdings, I believe, in my TFSA right now, two that we're going to finish off this video with, and then a TD I did add as my first technical ad since the rebuild. And these three companies in and of themselves, I have nothing but comfort and confidence when I invest in these companies. If you actually look at these, in particular Berkshire and Brookfield, these stocks in and of themselves are actually quite diversified. If you look at the different segments that they hit within the business, the different industries that they cover, whether it's you know the different investments or the different companies that Berkshire owns, or even Brookfield Asset Management spanning across all different areas of the market, a lot of people would like to say, like I hear all the time people calling, you know, Berkshire Hathaway, an index fund, it's like an index fund. I don't really think it's like an index fund, but I do agree in a sense that, yeah, you are getting a lot of exposure. And for a core position in my, my portfolio, these three stocks are ones that I just am like, easy, easy, easy ads, no brainers. It's just a matter of when is the time that I'm going to add these stocks. We're gonna talk about that later towards the end of this video. But these three stocks are what I'm gonna call my core. Notice that two of them do happen to be Canadian and I do have the one US stock, which is Berkshire. And it does just so happen to be that Berkshire also doesn't pay a dividend. So as you may or may not know, Berkshire Hathaway known for not paying a dividend. For those that are worried about withholding tax and say, oh, I don't want dividend stocks in here, US dividend stocks that is. Well, hey, Berkshire Hathaway to me is a very clear example of that. That would basically bypass that because you're not getting paid any dividends. 
Now, an alternative for someone, maybe not myself, just if you are you know, watching this video, when you're looking at this core kind of engine part of your portfolio, you absolutely could lean towards an ETF. So don't ever forget that. Don't ever buy, you know, look past that. The fact that you could just go out and take a portion of your portfolio and buy an S&P 500 fund, I would probably compare that up with a TSX fund. So rather than just having the US market when I'm looking at ETFs, I like to balance both the Canadian and US market. It just gives you a little bit more wiggle room when you do want to rebalance a little bit down the road if you see some opportunities to kind of move money in and out. Nevertheless, that would do a really good job of basically acting as that core. But for me, these three companies, I think will do an amazing, amazing job of doing that. Next up for me, the stocks that I plan to add would definitely lean towards the tech sector, we could call it. Let's just call it the FANG stocks. I know it's kind of cheesy to just be saying, oh, I'm just gonna invest in the FANG stocks. But at the end of the day, guys, these are some of the most powerful companies in the world. And it's really, really crazy to me that we can say a company like Amazon or a company like Google at the share prices that they trade at and how well they've performed. It's crazy that we can say these companies are you know, fairly priced or even underpriced, believe it or not. I actually believe for both Amazon and Google that both of these stocks are actually looking at an attractive buy despite all of the good performance that they've had. Apple is another stock that I love so much and would definitely be in my consideration here, but I already own Apple in my other portfolio. Along with Google and Amazon, I actually own in my other portfolio, uh, my RSP, just taking that as an example, but I'm not, as, I'm not as excited to buy into Apple right now for whatever reason as I am with Google and Amazon. Again, just a personal opinion. You can feel free to leave your comments down below if you agree or disagree. But basically in terms of my tech exposure in looking at the FANG stocks, absolutely the two that come to mind that I want to own are Google. Again, I believe trading at a very attractive price right now, as well as Amazon. And I know a lot of people would substitute that out for like a Microsoft, which is totally, totally fine. Again, I'm completely happy with all of these. It's funny, I'm reading a book right now on Amazon. It's funny, whenever I read these books about, you know, a company, it always entices me to just buy more of the company, which is just such a, it's probably not a good thing, but I'm reading a book called Amazon Unbound, I believe it is. And it's basically just documenting the history, the story of Amazon, how they kind of worked through the years and where they've come to today. And it's just, it's so impressive how these companies have got to where they are and in how fast they move, like how fast they're able to try out new divisions and new products and new exciting areas. And again, despite these companies doing like, oh, so well in terms of share price, when you look at the cash flow that these companies produce, when you look at the cash on hand, like basically on their balance sheet, when you look at the debt with these companies, it's honestly something that's so marginal, I think at the end of the day. And with a history of evolving to where they have today, I truly believe that whatever the future has in store, whether it's the metaverse, whether it's self-driving cars, whether it's you know voice activation stuff, like whatever it is, these big boys, these big players are probably gonna have their foot in it. And they probably are, are already working on things behind the scenes that we don't even know about. But when you've reached that type of scale, when you reach that type of size, as I always say on the channel, they can just leverage that and continue to grow. So I don't think these companies are like, you know, past the growth curve. I think there's a lot more in store. And again, both of these stocks I do think are attractive right now. I will very likely be adding the shares, you know, in and of themselves. So going out and buying the US shares, great news for a lot of people who maybe not have the capital to do that. You always have the option nowadays of CDRs, which I've done a video on CDRs, which these stocks all have Canadian options available if you want to basically get in at a lower ticket price but still get exposure as well as mitigate a lot of the currency conversions. Again, that's a very, very suitable option. And anyways, these stocks, uh, they're going through stock splits, uh, I believe. 
in the coming months, or I think it's July or whatever the case is, these stocks are splitting anyway. So it's just going to be that much easier to purchase these companies. However, those would be basically the two tech stocks that I'm kind of leaning towards of the big fangs. Along with that, despite the fact that I am a younger investor, people probably think, oh, you have to be super risky. You have to be super aggressive, go buy small caps and whatnot. That has never been a strategy that has worked well for me. I am building this portfolio for my future. I'm building it for my retirement or whatever my goals are down the road. And I want a portfolio that's going to be a reliable driver of returns. And that's why as part of my plan, I absolutely want to be owning still some I don't want to call them bellwether stocks, but let's just call them our high quality dividend stocks that may not be the most exciting. They may not be the most flashy, but to kind of complement that core that I have stocks that I have on my list would be companies like just to kind of throw some out there would be companies like a PepsiCo would be companies like a Johnson and Johnson, maybe even a Walmart, even though, you know, that may again be considered an old stock. I'm completely okay with that for the Canadian market. I'd love to own a stock like power corp, uh, CNR is a great example. These are the types of companies that I absolutely would just want. When I look at the overall construction of my portfolio, if I look at like a good quality portfolio out there that someone sends me or I just see online, it's very hard to argue with names like these, right? You're getting reliable dividends, whether it's a US dividend or whether it's a Canadian dividend, that does not matter to me. I'm not the type of investor to go say, well, I'm not gonna invest in US stocks in my TFSA because of that. If they're gonna be a great hold for me, I'm more than happy to include that in the portfolio. Again, if we wanna get technical about it, you could hold your US dividend stocks in the RRSP, which again, I do already own a lot of US dividend stocks in my RRSP, but I'm just gonna have a mix of both. But again, not to say that those these companies that are up on the page are like set in stone, but these caliber of companies, if that makes sense. You could sub these out for a Home Depot would be a great example. Maybe even like a company like a McDonald's or a Coca-Cola, I would absolutely be happy owning those. A Starbucks would be another good alternative. This is where I kind of batch that dividend type play. That would suit a very uh, suitable role in my portfolio. Before I move on into the next segment, I do just want to say a quick word from our sponsor, Inverse. Thank you to Inverse for sponsoring today's video. If you guys haven't got the chance to check out this platform. It's a research tool that is completely free to use. I use it every day as part of my research practice and they have so many cool charting features and graphs. And again, it's just completely free to use and they are based here in Canada. So big fan of the platform. I want to thank them for sponsoring today's video. There will be a link included down below this video so you can let them know that I sent you. But if you haven't got the time to check it out, it's literally free. Like it is literally a free platform. So just check it out is what I would say to you guys. But in moving on, past, let's call this the core part of our portfolio. One of the sectors that I very much enjoy investing in, I don't want to say enjoy investing in because people are going to be, you know, mean in the comments, but uh, an area that I like putting my money in when it comes to my personal investment portfolio and my personal strategy, I like investing in the defense sector. I like investing in the industrial sector. Stocks that would be on my list would be companies like a Lockheed Martin. However, this is actually, in my opinion, just like such a good uh, teaching point and such a good uh, explanation of how this planning process works. Things do not always go according to plan when you are building your portfolio. So right now I'm just talking about how I want to build things. But all of the stocks that I've covered on this list today are not stocks that I would feel comfortable adding at this exact point. There may be better opportunities out there. These are just guidelines. And that's kind of the fun part about investing is being able to monitor your watch list and monitor the stocks that you want to buy. But in some cases, maybe the price is just too high. Maybe it's just not the right time to add. Maybe 
six months from now, they will be. Again, why I have this timeline. Or maybe instead of investing in a Lockheed Martin, for example, which again has gone on a nice run, like three months ago, it would have been a different story. I would have said, I'd love to load up on the stock. And again, I still think the stock is very fairly priced right now. But just in general, although I want a stock like this, I could very easily substitute that for, let's say, a Raytheon or another company like a Boeing, for example. Not that they're you know identical companies, but in general, I do want to have some exposure to this kind of area in my portfolio. And those are just a list of some companies that I basically would have on a revolving kind of watch list to say, well, which makes sense for me right now. Again, three months ago, it was a very, very different story. And three months down the road, it could also be a very, very different story. But just in general, hopefully the portfolio, if I have that up on the screen here, is like starting to kind of take shape. And I'll encourage you guys before I move on, like leave a comment down below. What do you guys think about this plan? Is it a good plan? Is it a bad plan? Do I, yeah, what, what am I doing here? Again, I'm, I'm super excited to do this. But beyond that, lastly, the two stocks that I do already own for those that have been following. So two of the current holdings are Tencent and are Alibaba. And this would kind of cap out my international exposure. So these would be my two, obviously Chinese companies, but just in general, these are two positions that I would just feel very comfortable having as my international exposure. And pretty much beyond that, I wouldn't feel a need to invest anywhere else. If you look at the entire portfolio, you'll note it's two holdings out of the entire 10 or you know 15 holdings, whatever it is. The, this to me is a very, very comfortable weighting that I would have. And again, we don't need to get into the topic that we basically talk about all the time here on the channel is what I see longer term with these companies. But again, we can probably just leave it as that because that's just my own personal strategy. Last but not least, what I would say is that beyond these holdings that I have kind of targeted, kind of like my, you know, my, my list that I'd love to pull the trigger on, I will still absolutely hold a very healthy chunk in cash. And like a healthy chunk in cash for me would be, let's say like 20, 20 to 25,000, maybe more as I'm implementing this. But if I'm able to basically, you know, add a bunch of these stocks when they make sense, when I'm seeing opportunities, when I'm liking the value, I still want to have a quite a cushion of cash, especially with the choppy markets, because this is where I then get to add more or less my peripheral stocks, my fun stocks. And as you'll note from the types of companies that I talked about today, these are all your blue chip, you know, your large cap, mega cap companies, which again, are how I want to build my portfolio. But of course, there's still, as a 26 year old investor, there is still opportunity and there's still a lot of room to have fun, especially in the TFSA. It's a great room. It's a great account to kind of swing for the fences in a sense, not recklessly, which is why I would leave some money for positions that are kind of like little fun positions or add-ons, you know, companies that may fall into the mid cap range or the mid cap kind of sector that we could like section of the market, companies maybe like an Aritzia, right? Maybe like, uh, not that I like a Lululemon, but companies like that, or a Chipotle. You know, these are the types of companies that I would watch and I'd be very closely monitoring. Again, these aren't stocks that I wanna add actually quite at this moment, but that's why you have your watch list. And I would allocate a portion of my portfolio to kind of nibble at some of these stocks and have them there. And if they do really well, if they play out really well over the years, well, it's good to have exposure, but at the same time, the bulk of my money is invested in companies that I have confidence in for the long haul. I don't know if it's fair to say that this portion of my portfolio would be allocated to more aggressive companies. I guess in all, in all honesty, it probably is more aggressive companies than the others. But um, in general, that's just kind of how I plan to do it. Actually, I, in my notes here, I did also add Meta stock, Meta, Facebook, as much as I hate Facebook. Like I, this was such a dilemma for me, honestly, but I did, I did nibble at Facebook in my TFSA. So I, sh I sh believe I have four holdings in there as of today 
the two Chinese stocks, uh, Facebook or Meta, as well as TD. Facebook is a company that I've never really supported as a consumer. It's funny, you know, people will dog on me for supporting, you know, Lockheed Martin and they'll dog on me for supporting whatever it is. But personally, I don't support Facebook. I don't support what they do as a company. Their leadership, I'm not a huge fan of. At the end of the day, if you ask me, Facebook is just in the business of literally getting people addicted to their platform, as with a lot of other social platforms. But when you look at all of the stuff that's happening in our society with, you know, depression and all these, you know, child issues that are going on in high school and all that stuff, I think a big problem of that is social media and getting you on the platform and getting you hooked with all the pings and everything. Like, it's just as malicious, in, in my opinion, as some of the other stuff. Yet people are so happy to invest in tech stocks, but not other stocks. Again, that's just, that's up to you. However, despite all my dislikes for the company, from a numbers perspective, I decided to make the purchase and I decided to add it to the portfolio. The stock is looking so, so cheap, uh, very, very strong fundamentally. And whether this will be a long-term hold for me, that is still yet to be decided. Like, do I want to hold Facebook for the you know foreseeable future? Like going forward, forward, possibly. It will really have to depend on where, they're, where they take their business with the metaverse, all that type of stuff. But it very well could also be more of a medium term play, right? It could be a play where if this stock has a nice bounce, if we do see a nice recovery and I'm, you know, decide I no longer own hold the stock, I could happily take my profits. If we make profits, doesn't, that may not, may not pan out that way. But um, of all the stocks that I talked about today, they would all be, I would consider absolute long-term holds. Facebook would be the one or Meta would be the one where I'd be very happy taking profits and it's one that I'll monitor along the way. But I think guys that will wrap it up honestly for this video. I hope you guys appreciated me sharing the exact stocks that I plan to build my portfolio with. Again, just because I am planning this, I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, my portfolio will not end up like this. Like that's just how investing works. That's what's fun about it is that we can have plans, but we always need to have alternatives. We always need to be watching the market to see what opportunities pop up in front of us. Whether I add a Google or a Amazon or whether I add a Lockheed Martin or a Raytheon, conceptually, I wanted to kind of show you guys how I would plan to build this portfolio out. If you are doing this for the first time, it can be also valuable to just plot it out on an Excel spreadsheet or even write it down on a piece of paper, like literally pen and paper, use a notepad, so you can at least kind of sketch it out or at least kind of break things down. At this point in my life, I'm very comfortable kind of going with the flow, but not necessarily saying that you guys should do that too. But hey, if you guys enjoyed today's video, please take a moment and drop a big thumbs up. Sorry I haven't been posting a whole lot, as you may or may not know, a lot of stuff going on in the background, but that's good. And if you're not already subscribed to the channel, make sure you subscribe. Honestly, I am actually very curious to hear your comments down in the comment section below. What do you think of this portfolio plan? Is it a good plan? Is it a bad plan? Do you like the stocks? Should I be doing something completely different? I wanna hear from you guys, so do leave a comment down below. Although I'm not able to get to every comment, I do read them, so very interested in hearing that. As always, we have our academy down below, but um, yeah, thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you in the next video.